Grace to you and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. From a young age, we possess a sense of justice. When your brother or sister got two cookies, you only got one. Your sense of justice went to work. When only one person talked back to the teacher, but your whole class suffered for it, your desire for justice was activated. When you worked selflessly for years, hoping to get that promotion, only to be passed up by a less deserving colleague, where is the justice, you wonder? Justice, fairness, balance, they go hand in hand in this life. And when a situation does not seem to be fair, when the scales of what is right and what is wrong tip too far in the wrong direction, then you know justice is not being served. And you can see this in any number of areas of life today. From your own personal relationships, to what goes on politically, to the workplace, to sports, to entertainment, and the like. Now, as a Christian, you are well-rooted, well-grounded in the Word of God, and you have a good sense of what is right and what is wrong, probably better than most else in this world. You know that when you sin, your conscience goes to work, and it lets you know your mistake. It drives you to make amends for what you've done wrong. And so when you see someone else sin, but there is no punishment, nor do they show remorse or guilt or shame for what they have done, your desire for justice kicks into gear. You cannot stand it when someone gets away with what they did wrong. You want to see them get what it is they deserve. As Christians, though, we know this desire needs to be kept in check. It's not wrong to want justice and balance in this world. But we must remember we too are sinners. None of us ever fully gets what we deserve, whether good rewards or just punishments. Nevertheless, that craving to see evil destroyed and the wicked defeated is alive and it is well within us all. And sometimes it does seem like that day will never come, that wrong will continue to be right, and rights will go on being wrong. But as always, remember, God is in control. His Word is truth, no matter what happens. As we have heard from our Old Testament reading for today from Malachi chapter 4, our Lord God spoke through that prophet saying, Behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. 
A day is coming, shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. God knows all that is going on. He knows what injustices exist. He is fully aware of all the mockery ongoing regarding His holy name. None of this is new to Him. And if He, knowing far more than we ever will, is patient to endure all of this injustice, then we too should follow suit. God's patience far surpasses our very limited understanding. Over and over again, He has given warning about what is coming to those who do not repent. And what He will do on that final day is foreshadowed, is predicted time and time again throughout human history. We have an almost exact duplicate of the judgment that will come upon the last day as it takes place when God first destroyed all the earth with water in the flood. There God did spare enough of His creation for life here on earth to continue a foretaste still of the full redemption to come. Sodom and Gomorrah suffered total destruction as a result of their impenitence and their unbelief in God as was demonstrated by their sinfulness and behavior. The Egyptians were given ten warnings to free God's people from their slavery before full judgment was brought upon them. The firstborn sons of all the Egyptians were claimed in death And Pharaoh and his army pursued the Israelites to the wilderness only to be drowned fully in the hearts of the sea. God's own people suffered His justice against their unbelief. First it was the kingdom of Israel in the north to the kingdom of Assyria. And then it was Judah in the south to the Babylonians. We get a glimpse of what does happen when a people does, do heed God's call to repentance, Jonah, the reluctant prophet, is sent to Nineveh of the Assyrians with a call for that city, the pagan city, to repent. And they do. And their city is spared. For a time, anyway. And then there's Jerusalem. All of Israel, Really? John the baptizer, after 400 years of silence from the prophets, he is sent forth with the simple message, but one that has been heard before. Repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. And Jesus picks up this cry of repentance in His own ministry. And what Israel, God's chosen people, had truly been waiting for all throughout their history, had finally come. The Messiah, the Christ Himself, Jesus, is He, that Anointed One. And so all of Israel then should have repented of their sin. Every single one. They should have made Jesus' paths straight 
as the forebearer had said, making everything ready for Jesus to take over. And the religious leaders of the Jewish people should have handed the temple operations over to Jesus. At least be eager to follow His lead wherever that may go. But they did not. And they were not eager to follow Him. They retained their attitude that they were children of Abraham and never slaves of anyone. They certainly would not relinquish their grip upon their power, the reins of Yahweh's people, to a carpenter from Nazareth. But they too would suffer for their impenitence. Their rejection of Jesus as the Christ would cost them dearly. God's judgment did truly rain down on Jerusalem, just as Jesus said that it would. The destruction of Jerusalem was the payment for refusing God's own Son. You see, all of these temple stones, Jesus said, not one will be left on the other. This whole place is going down. And it did. 70 A.D. Not even 40 years after our Lord Jesus ascended, back to His throne in heaven. Justice was served against the Jews in Jerusalem because they rejected God's chosen one, His Messiah, the Lord's Holy One. But even that, as devastating as it was, was not the end of the world. That was still to come. A way is off. There would be wars and there would be rumors of wars still to come. The world itself, nature, creation in distress itself. All of the signs were happening as Jerusalem burned to the ground. The end of the world could come at any moment. The earliest Christians believed that truth and the true church believes that still. Jesus could come back at any time, even now. The signs are all still present. And all of those judgments that took place throughout history, they all foreshadow, they all lead up to the last day, to the final judgment still to come. For this world, as we know it, will come to an end. It's not an empty threat by God. He has not forgotten His Word. It will happen. The wicked will be consumed. Unbelievers will be destroyed. But for you, who fear My name, the Son of Righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. And what a joyous scene that is. When the last day comes, as dreadful and as destructive as it will be, you who belong to Jesus will rejoice. 
leaping like calves. And what a sight that is, for they sure can leap. And Jesus said, Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up, raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Not your destruction, but your salvation, your life. The end must come. For the true joys of the perfect world can then begin. So why can you and I rejoice in the end of the world? All because of Jesus. True justice over all sin was served in Him. Jesus was truly innocent. The sin he bore to the cross was not his own, not one bit of it. It was yours. It was mine, the sin of all people. The one man ever to live who did not deserve to suffer and die did. And he did it all so that you would never have to. He endured the greatest injustice of them all taking what he did not deserve. And yet that act is truly justice for us all. For Jesus' death upon the cross did finally balance the scales with God, even tipping them in our favor forevermore. Jesus did more than enough to win for us eternal life in his great kingdom forever. And he freely gives you that eternal life that salvation, that forgiveness of your sins in His own supper, as you are fed with His perfect body and blood in bread and wine, even as He has fully covered you with His own most glorious righteousness in the simple waters of holy baptism. And so you need not fear what comes. You need not fear the end, for true justice has already been served in Jesus. Yes, the end is coming. The end of this world as we know it. But for you, straighten up. Raise your heads. Because it is your redemption that is drawing near. Even Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And the peace that does pass all of our human understanding, guard and keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.